Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Hello, everyone. And yes, like the boys say, welcome to Winchester Radio. This is our first podcast of the new year, uh, 2015. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, uh, this is our first podcast back from holiday hiatus. And we're very excited because tonight we have a special guest, uh, Nikki Acox is with us, who, of course, is the original Meg, the first Meg, and pretty much legendary, I think, in Supernatural fandom. So welcome, Nikki, to the podcast. So so glad you decided to join us. And, Thank you. Uh, Very happy to be here. Great. We're just going to chat a little bit. We'll talk about Supernatural and Meg, and we've got lots of questions, and we're just, like I said, we're just going to, we're just going to chat. So Okay, well, I'm all here and ready to answer everything you guys throw at me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and of course, we have something very special in a little bit later. Um, we're oh, going yes, to debut your song. For everyone. We, we, yes, we're going to yeah. debut your song, and it's a treat for all the Supernatural fans, and um, I have a Supernatural fan playing on it, and we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Okay, but um, first, we're gonna we're just going to go back to first season, the very first season of Supernatural, which we're in, we're in the middle of the 10th, and we've just been renewed for an 11th, so that's pretty amazing. So you were, you were at the beginning. You're like a founding character of Supernatural, so yeah, it's, um, yeah, it was, a, it's, it's, when I look at it now, it's so interesting to me to think back to whenever I started the show, and, um, just how new everything was and how new the guys were and and um I mean when I when I was doing it we were still in the phase of trying to get it up and get it off of you know its feet and get it out to its fan base and that kind of thing so it wasn't the talk around set wasn't always was are we going to get you know are we going to make it through this first season are we going to get picked up is it is this show going to go there were so many questions about to whether or not the show is going to be successful. And so when I look at the show now and I think back to that time, it's just it's so amazing to see. And it's just, um, I love it because I like to like kind of think of Jared and Jensen and, and think, hey, see, you guys, you did it. You did it, which is, which is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. How did you get the role of Meg? Did you audition for it? Or? <laughs> Um, you know, I had done, I was doing, um, I believe it was, uh, gosh, sometimes I have to pick up my own resume to, to get years, all my years kind of go together. My timeline goes by when I was on set in my life. Like if most people will say, oh, it's the year 2015, but you know, or, or that was in 2010 and I'll think back and say, okay, wait, what was I doing then? And then I know what year things were, but, um, I seen, I was doing over there. Um, which was a show on FX about um, um, about soldiers and war. And um, Kim Manners had come to direct a couple episodes, and he he directed an episode that was centered around my character. And um, I just had a lot of respect for him, and I, I just really thought he was a wonderful person and director, and he was just very trustworthy and, and honest and straightforward. And so that's just kind of the, the type of person that I like to work with. And so we got 
um, you know, we made friends and we became close uh, while he was doing that show. And then I had gone to New York and I was shooting a movie called Perfect Stranger um, with Halle Berry. And then I got a call from him saying, hey, you know, <laughs> we're going to bring this character on the show. I'm doing this show right now. It's really new, but we're going to bring this character on and she's going to be kind of a nemesis for the boys. And, you know, and I just really think you, you should do it. I, you, I come out here and do it. You'll, you'll be great or whatever. And, and, um, it just, that was kind of pretty much all it was when it started out was just, Hey, I'm doing this little show. It's just in its first season. And, come out and be a nemesis to the guys and we just didn't really have much more information than that and um so I said yeah okay absolutely and so I got on the plane and I went and it was going to be one episode I think it was just going to be a guest starring role but I got there and I, I loved the guys and I loved um the show and I loved Vancouver and Kim you know was was there and he was directing and so I we sat down to dinner one night and I said well you know he said hey let's do a couple more of these, let's come up with a character arc and kind of keep this thing going. And I said, yeah, great, let's do it. So then that's where kind of the talking began about who who Meg would become. And now she is who she so, is. <laughs> so did you not yeah. know Meg was ultimately a demon? Was a um, it was, yeah, I saw, I shot the whole thing not knowing she was a demon. <laughs> um, no, she, it, I just... It was kind of the idea was just that she was going to come on to be this sort of cat and mouse game for the boys and a nemesis. And so it just, it wasn't really decided right off the start um, or it wasn't, it was not said to me that that's what was going to happen from the beginning. Um, It wasn't, I, I don't remember exactly which episode when we started having the conversations about her being a demon, but I know that it started out when, um, Kim and I were talking about the cigarette man from X Files. Do you remember? You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we yeah we had started talking about that, and and he had this you know idea that Meg would be that kind of he was using the reference of the cigarette man for the X Files is what Meg would be to the boys, and so I think through all these kind of discussions and the and it just was so fun being bad and sassy and all of that, that it just like all those things came together at once. And maybe it just made sense that, yeah, she would be a demon, you know? So I think like any, any character, any role, it sort of evolves. The, the actor gets in there, the writers have written their parts and, and it, and good writers, which, you know, and creators, which Kripke is an, is an amazing creator and writer. Um, they will, they will look at an actor and they'll kind of see what their personality is and what they bring to the set and what they bring to the show. And, and they'll start allowing that character to kind of grow based on the organic things that are coming from the person. And, um, and that's when you, you really have somebody who's talented and somebody who can capture an audience. And that's what Kripke did with me. He, he saw that it was, I was having fun with it. He saw that it was kind of playful and sassy and that it, it could be a good, you know, bad girl, I guess, if you want to call it, the bad person in the show or the demon, and and it just became that. And it's interesting that you mentioned talking with um, Kim about Cigarette Smoking Man since uh, William B. Davis was in Scarecrow, your first episode on Supernatural. Yeah, 
<laughs> well, you know what? Now maybe that's whenever he started talking to me about it. <laughs> maybe it reminded him. I don't know. <laughs> so it all makes sense, wouldn't it? There's all these coincidences that you look back on later in life and go, "Oh, well, that makes sense now." Okay, yeah. Um, I feel like somewhere around there is when we started talking about it. But yeah. And, you know, you were on the show back, you know, when it first began in the season. What was, you know, you, you mentioned a little bit about, you know, everybody wondering if they're going to get picked up and everything. What, you know, what was it like then compared to when you came back in the fourth season? What, you know, how was, how did, how did it feel? Did it feel any different when you were filming the show or? Oh, you know, it didn't at all. It's, I, I just remember walking on set, and it was just like, hey, guys, how are you? <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, when the, the, I remember the first season when the very first time I ever walked on the set, actually, I had, um, this is a funny story, and actually I've never told this one, so you guys are a lot of firsts for me tonight. Um, this story, I had walked on set, and... Um, I remember I just come off the plane and they had taken me to set and I got up and I walked on the set and you know how the guys are always kind of in these t-shirts and jackets and jeans and, and everything and and I walked in and I saw Jensen and he was the first one that I the first one of them that I had seen but there was a whole crew of people around and I remember I looked at him and I like, kind of did a double take and I was like wow that's one good looking crew guy right there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was a crew guy because he was in these jeans and, you know, really relaxed looking or whatever. Oh, that's a good looking crew guy. And then, of course, it's Jensen. So, um, but, you know, they, I remember just kind of walking on and seeing them and instantly feeling very comfortable with them. Um, I believe I think they're both Texas boys, and I'm an Oklahoma girl, so it, it was just kind of like sort of we grew up in a culture that was very similar, and you know, part of the states it's very similar, and so, and I have three brothers, so it's kind of. Um, for me, boys and Midwestern boys, just I know how to interact with them, and so um, just from the start when I met them. It was all play and all fun and all joking around, you know, all fun and all joking around and playing jokes on each other, having great sense of humor about ourselves, not taking ourselves too seriously. Um, and that's really an atmosphere that I do well in. And so from the get-go, other than thinking that Jensen was a crew member, um, <laughs> I just really connected well with them and, and got along and I I felt comfortable to kind of just do, just to be myself. And you don't always get to have that opportunity working, you know, in, in a, you know, a Hollywood show or, or a mainstream network show or any show for that matter. You don't always get the luxury of just being able to be completely yourself and, and, um, and, work from that comfortable place and I had that from day one with them and I think whenever you meet people like that you kind of you don't, if you don't see them for a while when you see them again it's it's like nothing changed you know I mean of course their lives have changed and, and we've all changed or different people but as far as how I would interact with them you know I, I think if I if I saw one of them tomorrow I would still feel the same way so it's you know and I think that really adds to to why the show got so popular and big and has created this such wonderful fan base and this family that everyone's talking about. It's, it's, it comes from the top and those guys, 
they have led it. And it's because they have that kind of very down-to-earth, real, organic thing about them, and it's very special, and they treat everybody with respect. And and um, so that that's kind of created this really great, you know, this great thing and this great show. Everything you hear from everybody, they talk about it's just, you know, such a wonderful set and everything. It's always just so good to hear it. Mm-hmm. That, I'm sorry. That what? Uh, that it's such a wonderful set. Right, right. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's you know my famous story is when we were doing the um, by the the fourth episode. The oh goodness, you're gonna have to help me out. What's the name of the one where I am? Extra. I'm. I'm in. I'm getting um. Exercise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Devil's trap. Devil's trap. Yeah, devil's trap. So by the time. <laughs> We had got we were so comfortable after you know these episodes that I've been with the guys. By this time we had just been we would laugh about everything. I mean I would go to set my face would hurt whenever I went home because I had just laughed and giggled the whole time I was was working with these guys. But um, I remember we were all <laughs> sitting there and I was I, you know I was on the floor dying. The demon had the, all that black smoke had come out of me like really big dramatic you know moment and then and Jensen's holding my head and I'm trying to say sunrise sunrise you know I think something about the line about that and um I had and, and Jared's kneeling down beside me and I'm crying and they're looking at me like oh no you know and then they would say cut hold for a second but I had had a pack of Doritos on Jared's lap <laughs> because I was hungry <laughs> so every time they call cuts they're like both holding me but Jared had his knee right out of frame so that when they called cut I could just get a Dorito and eat it <laughs> so we were <laughs> So that's like that's a good guy who will hold your Doritos while you work. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you know that was a great episode. That was a really that was a sad episode mm. because I was moving on at that point and and um yeah it was just it, you know it went by so fast. It was just one of these things where it started out where I had thought it was going to be one episode, it had, it had kind of grown, it had become the four, it had, it had sort of, we, the character had come a long way in just that short amount of time, and, and it, it, um, it just, it was an unexpected, such an unexpected turn of events in my life, because I, I was on to other projects, and I had just said to Kim, you know, yeah, sure, I'll come out there, so I wasn't, really at the time thinking of it as, as what it's become. But, and, and maybe that's why it did do so well, because I didn't overthink anything. I just kind of went and had fun and, and put my own myself into the character. But, um, you know, it's like by the time I got to that episode, I had really fallen in love with the character and what we were doing and, and fallen in love with the show and the guys and Kim and Kripke and all of them. And so it was a very... Um, it was a sad day whenever I left, and it was a sad 13-hour day when we were shooting the exorcism scene. Yeah. It, was, it was a tough day, yeah. And it was mm-hmm. raining in Vancouver. I know you guys are shocked, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 so shocked that it was raining in Vancouver, but it was raining, and and um, and I remember going back to the hotel and just kind of feeling this this sadness. I just wasn't really ready ready to go, but 
I, I at the time had another project that I had to go to, so and that's kind of where we left it. Um, what talking and, about well, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Um, talking about um, that the exorcism scene in Devil's Trap. I think that that scene is probably on everybody's list as one of their favorite scenes. Um, mm-hmm. with, can you can you tell us a little bit about filming it when you're in the chair and like beans like in your face? And... Yeah, I've always interested because that is something that everyone talks about a lot. Was that scene? And um, I always wonder: is it because there's such a there's so many contradictions Addictions um, in that scene. It's he's in my face, um, but I think there's this very kind of sexy quality about it, and he's losing control, but then he's being a good guy, and then you have Jared there, and he's trying to, you know, sort of control the situation. Like there's just so many, there's so many elements to that scene that are going on at once, and I'm wondering if that's kind of what added to people really thinking that it was such a powerful scene. Um, I, that scene was very, was choreographed on the spot. It wasn't something that, I mean, we had the script and we knew what was happening, but as far as the, in the chair and, um, you know, him getting in my face and, and all of that, all of that stuff was really done in the moment. And, um, and Jensen, he just came really prepared. He came really prepared to to get in the scene and, and really knock it out of the park, and he did. He did, he did an amazing job. Um, and he just sort of, I can only kind of liken him to, he reminded me that day of like a, I don't know, a panther a little bit, like a panther that's pacing, you know, some out, someone's out of the zoo or something. He just, he had this very animalistic quality that he brought to to that particular scene and um, he held on it, you know, he held on to it and he stayed in it. But um, I really, as I sit in the chair, I could, I could feel the kind of intensity and, and the fear that I, that I, you know, was supposed to be feeling by playing the scene. Um, And it's because he came in and just, just really nailed it. Um, but yeah, he reminded me. He did. He reminded me of a panther that's kind of pacing, like a very hungry panther. <laughs> you know, that, that's an apt. And, that is a very apt comparison, I believe. Mm-hmm. Of what? Oh yeah, that's a very okay. very accurate comparison. Yeah, that's it's it's just what he that's what he brought, and that's what he was supposed to do, and that's that's what the scene was supposed to be. And I do remember he is such a great, great guy. I do remember him, you know, being concerned about it's, it's not in either of them to be disrespectful to women. It's just, that is an absolute no, I won't do it. You know? So I think when you're raised in that way and you, and you're a type of man who really has high respect for women, which shows on this show, by the way, because the the female characters really thrive because these two guys care about women and treat them with the utmost respect. And and they do it because that's how they believe women should be treated. But I remember, you know, for him, it was a little hard to, um, to get to that place uh with me because he didn't want to be disrespectful or even though it was acting you know it just wasn't in him to to get there 
and I had to kind of keep saying to him, oh, bring it, bring it, come on, you know, like, I had to make sure he knew that obviously I like to be disrespected, I don't know, is that what I'm saying? <laughs> but, no, I, you know, realizing no. that this is probably not coming out the way that I, I'm intending for it to, but yeah, he, I just, you know, kept saying to him, it's okay, let's, you know, let's do it, we got a job here, this is, you know, and, um, and he did it, and he looked great, he looked fantastic doing it. Mm. But yeah, they're both, you know, I do think that that's why the women and the female characters are so strong, and they're given great screen time, and, and um, they're able to really come on the show and, and thrive as actresses is because they mm-hmm. are they're working from a very um, they're put on a pedestal the second that they walk mm-hmm. on set. So one thing I which is I, not I, common. I, yeah, one thing <laughs> I I loved about Meg and your portrayal of Meg is that. Jensen and Jared are are tall and taller. They're big guys. They're very imposing, and I know they're very respectful. But they're just they're just there. They're just and and you know you're you're petite in size, but Meg was so strong. It's like she she intimidated them, and they were like twice her size and two people. So I thought that was some great attitude you you brought to that. And and um, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if you notice, if you like, you, in the first episode, I think, um, I don't, I don't think there's very many scenes after the first episode where I'm actually standing next to either of them, <laughs> 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 because it became clear very quickly, and I think we shot that that stuff in. Um, where Jared and I were in the uh, bus station. I think we're in the bus station where I have the backpack and he he's running into me kind of. It's not the mm-hmm. first time cause he runs into me on the road the first time, but we're in that, that bus station. Or, um, and um, we we had to use uh, ramps. I, <laughs> I had to, we had to have these long ramps that kind of went up to him. And so if I had to walk up to him, you don't notice in the show because it's done in a way that you can't tell what's happening with editing and everything. But I am actually having to walk up ramps that they built for me so that when I got to him to talk to him, we were in the same frame. (laughs) I can't believe I'm telling people that. That's embarrassing. But, yeah. Um, So I think that might have been the last time I'm pretty sure that's the last time that we we did a scene where um, where we had to stand up together. And then when we got to the scene where I had them tied to the poles, um, it was very you know I I talked to Kim about it. You know this is a very strong scene. This, she needs to be really strong and she needs to come off like they need to be scared of her. You can't just you know put a petite girl up against two big guys and expect the audience to believe that the guys are scared just because they give the camera a look of, Oh no, you know, I mean, you've got to, you've got to really give them reason to believe that these guys would be scared. And, um, and so I said, you know, Kim, we've really got to do something that makes this believable because obviously these guys are much bigger than me. And he said, well, you know, what, what do you want to do? What do you want? Where should we put them? I said, and the, the poles were there. And I said, on the ground and tie them up. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Great idea. (laughs) On the ground and tie them up. I'm going to heaven right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it just that made sense. To me, that was something that would make it seem like they had a reason to fear me. Mm -hmm. That, That scene in that episode that you're talking about there, Shadow, that is another amazing scene. And Meg's smart-ass attitude with everything <laughs> Sam and Dean say is just, uh, I love it. Your facial mm-hmm. expression, uh, especially when you roll your eyes when Dean says that you're dumber than you look. Oh, yeah. I love that <laughs> so much. <laughs> that is funny. I ha- I do have to admit, I if I... If I watched that even today, I probably would still laugh at that moment. I still, I still <laughs> laugh at that. Kripke was so great. They, the, all, all the writers actually were really great about um, just giving you these, just the right thing to say at the right time. You know, you didn't have to. I really didn't have to try too hard to to get those one-liners out or get those moments out. It was all, it was all in the material and it was all there. I just had to decide where I was going to put it and, you know, what order I would put things in. That part kind of came up to me. You know, would I be sassy here and sad here or would I, you know, I, I did that. But but all all the moments and all the emotions were written in there for me. Um, but that that day, that really, that scene, it was another one, actually. And it's, it's I guess these are the two scenes that you seem to say that you like the most, too, and they're the most that I hear about. But both of those scenes were just, very done very on the fly we kind of went in and i said uh put them on the floor tie them up (laughs) right there i'm gonna (laughs) kind of go back and forth and dance around them and you know and and so then then it was kind of me on display as opposed to what it was when we did devil's trap with jensen i had to be on display and i had to sort of do the whole performance while they sat there and and watched and now that I'm kind of talking about that, I never really thought about it, but, you know, that's a pretty intimidating position to be in, especially when you're um, fairly new actors to to give you these big scenes and put one actor on display like that. So and we all three have had it, you know, had it at one point or another. And um, now that I'm talking about it and I'm thinking about it, I, I remember I never felt... Um, I never felt uncomfortable. I never felt strange. I never felt weird. I didn't feel, um, you know, insecure or scared or scared to make bold choices. Um, So I guess, you know, maybe those are why those are very powerful scenes. I think that comes from everybody being so supportive of each other. Because had I been scared or insecure or nervous, it would have been really difficult to do what I did in the scene. And I definitely know that I've had other, you know, other shows or movies that I've done where I've I've felt that kind of um, nerves and insecurity. I think every actor does. It's just that's a part of it. And it can really stop you. It can be debilitating. It can stop you from being very bold with your choices, you know. But that just didn't happen here. And in that, um, in the Shadow episode as well, you had the big, fall out of the window um <laughs> can you tell us about that were you were you like you know on the on the ropes on the strings on the wires <laughs> i was i did do wire work for that um up against a green screen for the actual fall 
And that was, um, but that was on a separate day. And I did just get put up on the wires and sort of hung there until they got it shot for several hours. Um, but the actual, where I'm getting sliding back or whatever, if I remember correctly, and I'm almost positive that was on a skateboard. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost positive. I don't know if I should say that. I guess I can. It's been forever. Um, I'm pretty sure I remember I was on a skateboard and I was, I think I was attached to some sort of cable or rope, but I was on this on a skateboard so once I started moving the skateboard was just you know came under me but it, it's what kept me moving smoothly I've always well, heard how they did those things how they did the <laughs> skateboard <laughs> yeah. Walmart Walmart toy section wow <laughs> technology and movie making <laughs> I know they're probably I mean hey, like, that was a on the fly day, it might have been one of those things where they're just like, hey, "Anybody got a skateboard? Yeah, here you go, try this." <laughs> it does happen more than what people would think. Um, it, it certainly happens on set a lot, where you know you have all these ideas because it's such a putting something together is just such a process with so many pieces, and sometimes you think something's going to work, and then you're there, and it's just not working, and Somebody has to say, hey, how are we going to do this? And someone says, well, I've, you know, I've got this pencil here in my pocket. Try that, you know, and then it works. <laughs> so that's how you have to do it. Um, I was also going to ask you, uh, where's my question? Oh, there it is. Have you, um, Jared, channeled you perfectly and Born Under a Bad Sign in season two? Um, yes. He was possessed by Meg. Have you watched that episode? And if so, what did you think about it? I have. I have. Um, I watched that episode. I've watched. It's funny because I actually just started rewatching the show, but now I'm trying. I'm watching it in order um, because when I had done the show and then it had gone on, I then I had kind of started watching it. I hadn't watched it for a while because I've been working and I didn't have television for a while, and then I. And then I started watching the show, but I didn't go back and pick up the, you know, the season that I missed. Or So then I've just, throughout the years, I've always, it's always on everywhere. So I'm always putting on an episode to see the guys or see what's going on. But I, keep ne I can't believe I've never just sat down and watched it, you know, in sequence. <laughs> so, uh, which means it is a great show because it still, you know, keeps my interest. But, um Oh, sorry. I almost fell over in my rocking chair. Um, oh, dear. So, <laughs> and what was your question one more time? I'm sorry. Uh, Jared's performance in Born Under a Bad Sign when he was possessed by Meg. Oh, yeah. So, um, but I had watched that. I had gone back and watched that after a con because somebody had asked me about it and and um, they talked about how everyone loved it. And I, of course, was just like, I got to see how this guy does me. I got to see what, you know, I got to see what it looked like from his perspective. And um, it was, it was awesome. You know, I think anytime somebody, somebody recreates you or somebody mimics you, you always have that feeling, that little feeling of, 
do I sound like that? Do I do that? You know? So it was kind of almost looking in the mirror and being able to see, because he did such a great job and I've compared them because I've looked, you know, I've compared both of them and he hit so many things that I do. Just, just even with the tilt of a head, the head and like that kind of thing that, um, when I watch it, I'm actually able to, to see some of the things that someone else sees when I'm doing them, you know, because we don't get to see ourselves. But I do think that he did, I do think he did an amazing job. I think I had read somewhere that he, he had actually looked at, um, he looked at a couple of scenes to where he, he wanted to get my mannerisms correct and, and, um, really get the things that I did to, to put into the character, and he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a study it's, or that one? <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorite episodes. It's a great, it's mm-hmm. a really good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's so it. many of them. It's great now that mm-hmm. I can, you know, it's also hard when you do a show, it's very hard to, to watch it after you've done it. Not because you don't like the show or not, because I, I, you know, I just said I, I was very sad. I, I really... Um, was enjoying the show and it was still kind of an unexpected moment in my life but you just can't like well I don't know it's hard to say <laughs> it's hard to say um it's it's just it's hard to watch because you 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 see the sets that's what it is you see the set because you had been there and you you see the wardrobe and so everything sort of you, it's hard to buy into the story. That's that's the sentence I'm looking for. It's hard to buy into the story because you've been a part of putting it together. So after enough time has passed, I you know I can now watch the show and and not see the sets and not see the wardrobe and 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 see it from a side the side of of an audience member, not as somebody who is actively creating this world anymore. And it's been really great to be able to come and be on that side of it because now I am able to enjoy the show for exactly what it is and not be distracted by, you know, by, by, because I know what's going on. So that's been, um, that's been one of the best parts about this last year or so that I've been watching the show now again and kind of starting over from the beginning as I get to, watch it from a completely different perspective and I can see all of the things that you guys love about it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's so cool that you watch and like it and are a fan too, not just having just been on the show. <laughs> Well, yeah, like I said, it was, you know, it, it took some time and it, it actually took mm-hmm. some time. Right. It took some time for me for a while in general, even with, with other television. And, and it's, it's actually hard for me now to to watch a lot of television. I definitely have um, shows that I'm able to watch and that keep my interest, but not a lot of them do because I just know, I mean, I've been doing it for so long. I, I know what's going on. So it's hard for me to, you know, to, to buy into all the storylines. So when I did get into Supernatural again, as an audience member, it's, now in my life now it tells me that it is a really great show because it's very hard for me to get into one otherwise unless it's good and it can keep my interest and i just think i think what it is is that the storytelling is so great and so elaborate and it's always changing you know you have all these new characters coming on all the time and you have storylines that get intertwined that kind of disappear and come back and and so it's 
it's almost it's like a labyrinth in a way, the show and its storylines. See, it just mm. it's always fluid. That's the that's the word. It's always a fluid, a fluid story storytelling. So, mm-hmm. props to them. They do a really great job. They really do. Big imaginations on that set. You <laughs> like it? What yeah. Was it like, uh, what was it like when you were asked to come back for the fourth season? Were you, uh, you know, was that unexpected? Hmm. Let me think back. What was I doing when that happened? I can't remember. Was I on Dark Blue then? I feel like I was on Dark Blue. And maybe we had finished the first season or I can't remember exactly. I do remember um, it wasn't a, it was, I had about two or three weeks and I knew I was going to come back. I think it was one of those things where I remember they called and said that they were thinking about having some characters back, and one of mine was one that they wanted to have back. And um, and uh, so, but it wasn't a definite thing, you know. But I, I had said from the beginning, yeah, great. You know, I would love to. I would absolutely love to. Um, just let me know. And so it, it, they did end up bringing me back. It was a pretty quick thing, though. It was I found out that I was going for sure, and I, I think it was just a couple of days later I left, and it was a really short shoot for me. I think it was everything was done in a day or a day and a half, and then I was back on a plane and I was home. So it was bittersweet. It was really great to be back, but it was sad that I didn't have a lot of time. But it was great to go back and kick Jensen's ass. <laughs> yeah, just for just for all time's sake, you know, get one of those back in there. That that that's what was fun about it. I loved that. Uh, I loved that about the show. I loved being able to get physical and stand up to the guys and have these fight scenes, even though it was really hard for them to, you know, to to get into it because they they don't want to be mean. They want to be great, but um, they're so much fun. They're just fun to wrestle with. That's the bottom line. They're fun to wrestle with. <laughs> I remember being so excited because when that episode first aired, it was right before a convention in Florida that you were at. That Susan, you were there too. Susan and I went to uh, Orlando. Um, yeah, and at Icon, and that yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right before the convention, mm-hmm. so I was like, "Hey, I get to see her in the episode, and I'll be seeing her this weekend." It was very cool. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. funny. Did I meet you? Did I, did I get to meet you at the? At, in yeah, yeah, yeah. I have yeah, a picture. Yeah. I, I got a, a photo op with you on Fred Lane. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I get I go to these things and I take pictures with people and then that's why I love Twitter now. I now that I finally have figured out how to tweet and all of that, it's so much better for me. But um you know, I, I get I go do these and I take pictures and then, you know, everyone sends me these pictures I take with them and it's so funny. It's really awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. And I was so excited that you're coming on the podcast because I just had to talk to you about you're in my all-time favorite X-Files episode, Rush. That is, out of all nine years, that is my favorite episode. Uh, can Can you tell us a little bit about filming that episode? It's so good. Oh, um, yeah, that was the Matrix episode, we kept calling it. I remember it was this big, also another show, Kim Miller's, um, so that was a part of. So, um, yeah, it, I 
it was kind of around that time where the Matrix thing was really big, where you would do these things where something would be moving in slower motion, but you know something else on the screen would be moving fast and something would be moving slow around it or whatever. And so it was a very big trend to shoot like that um, at that time. And so everyone was really excited because it was Matrix episode and we were going to do that whole um, gag in the end with the bullet. And remember the bullet was coming at me. Oh, I love that like, thing. Really slow. Yeah. yeah. And it was the bullet was on, and I will um, tell you this one too, since in case you've wondered forever, well, it was on an actual like small piece of um, wire, like a really tiny, thin, clear piece of wire. So <clears throat> that's why the bullet could sort of hang there and just move at that speed. And um, but it was it was a really awesome day filming because everybody was so excited once we got that shot. You know, once we got that that scene completed, and everybody would cheer. And um, for me, that was a very big moment in my life too, though, because I think, I mean, X Files for me was something very, very much in the beginning. I mean, I had worked, but I don't. I think it was still kind of one of the one of my bigger things um, in the beginning of my career. So mm-hmm. I was really excited to be doing it and of course you know to meet Jillian and um, David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson she's, she's awesome I mean I've, actually I, and I ended up working for them with them again um, several years later in the, the X-Files movie I want to believe mm-hmm. yes yeah, so I, I was uh, went out uh, went to the theater to see the movie I was like hey that's, that's <laughs> Nikki Peacock's again <laughs> yeah I know all Kim Manners doing, um, I, that, yeah, that man really, um, he really mentored me and he mentored me well and, and he, he really helped me get a lot of work and, and grow as an actor and I'll forever be grateful and be grateful to him and, um, remember him in, in such a special way. Do we want to go ahead and do our... <laughs> Special world premiere. Yeah. I know we're having so much fun talking. All of a sudden, I thought, oh yeah, <laughs> we have been telling yeah. everybody over Twitter that we were going to play my song, and that we all got off the phone and forgot that we were going to play it. <laughs> I know. It's like um, I I want to do this, but we were having fun. Um, yeah, tell us um, tell us about your music and your song, and then we'll play it. Okay. Or, yeah. So this is. Uh, go ahead. And I was gonna say, do you want to play it and then talk about it, or would you want to introduce a little bit and talk about it first? It's up to you. Well, I'm gonna in- let me just introduce a little bit of it. Let me tell you what's going on with it because it actually involves the fans. So, cool. um, yeah, I want to kind of give an idea of what I'm doing, and then we can hear it, and then you guys can ask any questions, or you can even go back and ask about questions for the show. I, it doesn't matter to me. So um, a little bit ago, I had gone to um, the Con Asylum, one of the asylum ones in um, England, um, mm-hmm. one that Wayne uh, Wayne Munn hosts. Which, if you guys, if, if anybody's ever gotten a chance to go to one of his cons, it's, it's really amazing. He's great, and if you haven't gotten a chance, please go because he's really a great person and he throws really great cons. Um, so I had gone to that one, and um, one of the one of the I'd sing a song. I'd, I'd done a, a cover of a Leonard Cohen song on stage, and 
Um, I had a guy named Dave Hornberger, and he is with somebody called the Ditsbury um, Gestring Quartet. Um, he had tweeted me after the con and said, you know, I loved your song and I loved your singing and, and, and everything. And I am, I, if you ever need a cello player, please, uh, you know, let me know. And then he had put hashtag shameless. And so I just thought that was cute and funny. And so I thought, so I just, you know, tweeted him back and said, well, hashtag shamelessly post something of yourself. And so he did. And, um, and it was great. And he was fantastic, beautiful player. And I thought, wow, I was like, well, I probably would want him to play in something because he really matches my, my style and the things that I'm writing. And, um, so I DM'd him right after that and said, listen, you're a great player. I, I think you're, you know, you're awesome. And I do have something I, I was writing a waltz at the time. And, I said, um, I think I, I do have something that you would be very good for, you know, so let me get it written and keep you posted. So he said, okay. And so we just started chatting back and forth and at times, and I was kind of keeping him up to date with what I was doing with the waltz. And, um, and so it gave me the idea that all the fans have been so wonderful for, to me and they've given me so they've just like lifted my spirits at times when I needed my spirits lifted. They have always been there to, to lift me up and, and, you know, help me feel good about what I've done and the things that I've done. And, and for the most part, I have the best attitude and positive, but we all kind of doubt ourselves, but the fans have always been there to sort of say, no, you, you know, you're great and we love you. And so I thought, well, this is kind of a great thing that I could do since I'm into writing music right now. And I'm really into performing and playing and, um, is a way to be able to give back as if I wrote these songs and wrote, kept writing my songs and was able to find players through um, the fans and, and have them be a part of the song. And um, I could record my part here and then I can have them recorded wherever they're at and we can put the song together and I would work with them on the song and then they would also be a part of this song that's going to be shared publicly um, and so, you know, it would be for people who, who are great players and people who also maybe haven't had the opportunity to, to show their, their stuff publicly. So I started getting on Twitter and that is what I've been doing. I've been writing songs and I found a wonderful musical stall player who's going to be in this song right now. Her name is Natalia Perus. Um, she plays um, in New York City, she's played, um, she's had a show in Carnegie Hall, but she's also played, uh, she plays in the subway. She's a very, very wonderful stable in New York City, and um, people see her as she plays in the subways, and their faces just drop and light up, and they just, um, it, it's, it's almost like you hear a beautiful voice singing as you walk up and hear her. So anyway, she's on this track and um, that you're going to hear called Waylon Crow. And I found her on Twitter as well. I tweeted out that I wanted someone who played the saw. And I had picked her out two days before she tweeted me. I, I had said to myself, I want someone who plays the saw like that. And I tweeted out, does anybody play the musical saw? And she got back to me two days later, and she sent me the same video that I had picked out. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, the same video. So, so, this, so through the fans and through Twitter is where I, I just kind of realized that this would be a great thing to be able to, to make music with the fans and, and do videos and then and, and maybe also go document the process. Um, 
and, and have a sort of documentary about a family coming together through through the internet and and just having fun and, and making great fun music and not taking themselves too seriously and just having a good time. So that is how Waylon Crow has come about. That's, this is me playing and Natalia is playing the saw and there's some other various things going on, which a really great musician here in LA um, has worked with me on and helped me with. His name is Alex Fender. He's with a band called Yoya. Um, and um, so that's kind of how this song came together. So you guys can play it and then I will also tweet out a link so that everybody else can go to it. Um, if you go to the link, you know, let me know what you think of it. I would really appreciate it. But go ahead. Here's the song. <laughs> okay. <Way and> crow. <laughs> uh, here we go. Thank you. Uh-huh. Crack one open, let's rumble, let's tumble, let's party by the side of the road. Let's rumble, let's tumble, let's party till the fire burns blood. I'll bring the women, it's always a given. Let's party till we're 100 years old. Let's rumble, let's tumble, let's party till the fire burns blood. And the fire blew. 
I, I love it. I really love mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yes. Thank you. That was terrific. That's love fun. That. Did you dance on your table? <laughs> I was. I was I was doing a little couch dance in there. So <laughs> yeah. I like to stand up and dance and break stuff on the floor as I listen to it. <laughs> um yeah, no, thank you so much for playing it. No, it's a lot of fun. It was great with meeting Natalia. I went to New York to um to film her. We're doing a little short piece um to show the fans on her and a day in her life of her busking in the in the subway and um and we spent actually two days walking with her filming her and, and interviewing her and she gave us such a wonderful story that i can't wait to share with you guys um it's, it's also kind of a way and a piece to like take people and show their story to the rest of their friends because you guys are always needed on the internet so um but anyway she's just you know she's really amazing to watch her play the saw you you're just you, you're mesmerized. Like you just kind of stand there, and you can't believe the sound is coming from an actual carpenter saw. And she makes it seem so so easy, but it's such a difficult thing to do. Um, so it was, I, I feel so fortunate to have her play on the on the track and to have met her. And and um, and she even actually, because you know, she she convinced she convinced me, and she inspired me to I go play sometimes out um, in the park for people now. <laughs> well, on Twitter, um, Kathy McGinley had a great idea. Would you ever consider doing a stage it show? You know, somebody, and I wonder if it was her. I don't know. Somebody has asked me that before, but I don't know what it is. So somebody has to explain to me what this is. Um, stage it is where a lot of bands are doing it nowadays. Like I know in the Supernatural fandom, there's the Brian Buckley Band and Loud and Swain. They've done several of them. Um, Stage It is like a website where you go and you basically live video stream, uh, you know, a concert from your home. Um, yeah, I'll do that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, pe- I'll play. People, you know, I'll they they, get, they buy they buy um, tickets, you know, to for it, and usually the tickets, you know, they're super cheap, and it, it's just it's just really really cool. It's a great way to. Go to concerts while sitting on your couch. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a great way to sort of play and 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 allow people to see it. And, um, right. and yeah, I would for sure love to do that. It's yeah, great for yeah. people uh, around the world who can't go to conventions. You know, they can see you through their computer. Um, okay. Yes. Yeah, so you can tell the fans that I will start working on getting something like that together. I would love to. Do oh, that. that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I'm also going to, and I can't, there's a couple that I, I can't mention yet, so it's just going to be a surprise when it when it's um, mentioned, but there's a couple that I am going to be playing at this year. So I can't say which ones, though, so all I can say to you is that if you're planning on going to a con sometime this year, um, there's a chance that you're going to see me giving a show. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. I have been, I'm going to Vegas. I would love it. You're going to Vegas. That would be great. So I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that that might be one. <laughs> okay. Well, just, I mean, just keep keep reaching out, though, and telling them, because if it's not that one, then, you know, maybe it can be that one if you guys will Twitter. And I love going to Vegas because, actually, Vegas is an easy one for me, and it's always a great drive, and it's nice and kind of relaxing to drive there. And I, I went to Vegas last year. With um, Rachel Miner and I were both there together, and that was a really great convention. 
And I was at Vegas the year before. I totally missed you last year. So. Oh. <laughs> well, what do you know? <laughs> but, yeah, so they, um, they're a lot of fun. So I don't know if you kind of ask out and ask around, um, you know, to, to the people who give the conventions because, you know, I'm, I'm playing that one for sure um, and I'm attending to at this, at this point. So um, I'm always willing to do three, four, five, and six. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we will we will definitely put in our requests. Yeah. Do you guys have any yeah. other questions about the show? Or are you guys? Susan, it seems like I took up most of the questions. Did you have it? <laughs> Susan, do you have How many questions? questions? You've been left out. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I got to comment, and, and Becky asked all the, all the great questions and about your music, you told great stories. I, I think I'm okay. I'm, I'm sure we'll, you know, Whenever we stop, I'll go. Oh my God! Why didn't I ask that? That'd be yeah, you, you can just you can tweet me. I'm, I'm, I'll uh, I'll answer you every tweet. Don't worry, because I'm getting really. Did you guys notice? I'm getting really good at it now. I for the longest time, I didn't know what I was. I didn't know what I was doing. And people would tweet me and say, "Could you do this? We're we're doing this or whatever." And I would have to Twitter back or tweet back and go. Um, okay, but what am I doing and how am I doing? I would DM fans and say, I know you want me to do something at this time, but just write to me and tell me exactly what I'm supposed to put, and then I would do it. <laughs> so, but this was very, this was wonderful. I really, really appreciate you guys um, chatting with oh. me and and asking Our me to do this. And- and play my uh, well, song for me and all of that. I really appreciate it. Will your song be available on iTunes? Um, I'm going to um, tweet out a link right now for it um, that you can you can listen to it on SoundCloud, and then I'm working the rest of everything out. And obviously, as soon as everything gets worked out, you guys, I will tweet you, and then you can maybe retweet for me or, or something. To that. Of but course. I will keep you oh, guys no. on it. But for sure, I'm going to tweet out the link on SoundCloud right now so that people can listen to it if they didn't get a chance to. And um, and I'm also I'm doing I'm recording the waltz right now, and I'm using um, Dave, like I said, Dave and his string quartet, and um, they are in Manchester. That's my second song, and then I have a third one that I have not um, that I have not decided the instruments I'm using yet. So um, all together right now, we have three songs that we're going to get out with um, fans. And um, But I still have a third one, and I'll need instruments. So when I decide what they are, hopefully I can find somebody on Twitter. Well, Great. anytime you need help finding anybody, we will definitely tweet out and help you. Well, thank you, because I'm meeting some really wonderful people like this, and um, it's just it's so much fun. I can't believe I didn't do this a long time ago, but it's it's a mm-hmm. blast, and I'm loving meeting the fans, and and it's awesome to just meet a fan in some other city, and that that's like, yeah, I'll play on your track with you, you know. So it's it's mm-hmm. great, but I will be looking for a few more for another song soon. So I'll let you guys know. I like. I even know someone who plays the bagpipes, which. No, really, because I love I do. bagpipes. I do, really? too. Okay. So, yeah. I absolutely so, do. Oh, my, I, I love, I actually, I went to, um, I was in Scotland one year for New Year's. I can't remember what 
feel like I remember Moby played or something for New Year's, but there was a there was a bagpipe you know procession and and parade that went, and I fell in love with the bagpipes whenever I heard that. that oh, they're beautiful. It is amazing. She, uh, it's it's kind of funny because she's a she was a musical person. She plays the trumpet, and she played in her college marching band. And and then years later, she oddly enough went to see the movie Braveheart and kind of re-embraced yes. her Scottish heritage <laughs> and said, "I'm going to learn the bagpipes." And we're all like, "Yeah, okay, really bagpipes?" And, and she 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 took up the bagpipes and and learned to play. She played well enough to be in her teacher's band and go compete in. Scotland with his band and they're actually um uh, Los Angeles based. She hasn't done it for a, a little while, but but yeah, they're she's in the Los Angeles area and she she plays the band. Hey! <laughs> well, tell her that there's a very good chance I'll, now that I know that, I'll be writing something with bagpipes. <laughs> okay. I love them. So, I, oh, I um, do too. really I, I, I mean, and, and the mm-hmm. music that I'm writing is all very different. Not everything's not just like that. Like that was a very kind of sort of crazy sort of circus-oriented song. I have an ESP off waltz that's coming. Like, everything's just kind of a mishmash, and it's sort of, you know, the the music kind of goes around the people that I, I sort of uh, need. So I can find something for the bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the band, uh, the, the band she was in, it was the, it's um, the Nicholson Pipes and Drums, and they, they, they do a lot. They do a lot around oh. the LA area. The, the big right. Los Angeles bagpipe band is the LA Scots. But oh, great! Um, well, you're gonna have to tell yeah, her and tell her she can go. She can hear this song, and this song's on SoundCloud, and it's just um, my name, cool. and Nikki Acox. You can okay um, get me up on SoundCloud and get the song, and keep in touch with me, guys, and I'll keep in touch with you. And I just really appreciate this. This was a lot of fun. Oh, definitely thank you so much. Uh-huh. We had a, you guys had a great time. <laughs> yes, I did yes. too. You guys have a great rest of your podcast. Oh, thank you so much. All right. And thanks for, thanks for letting us. Thanks for letting us play your song. Oh, you're yeah. very welcome. So just retweet out the link for me, everybody. If you go to SoundCloud and listen to it, and and tell me what mm-hmm. you think and whatever, I would really, really appreciate it. So we definitely you. will. Okay. Thanks, Nikki. So much. Yes. Thank you so much, Nikki. Uh huh. Bye bye. Bye. She is wonderful. I know. Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. She was. Um, yeah, you know, we're like, okay, well, we'll chat a while, you know, a few minutes, and then we'll play our song, and you know, like almost an hour later, like, oh, my God, we better play the song. <laughs> right. We're having so much fun talking and everything, and she's so nice. And, and I really do have a friend who plays the bagpipes. So she the bagpipes. It, and to me, um, you know, I don't want to, you know, don't want to gush, don't want to, you know, but I've been a fan of hers for so long. Like, I remember there was a show back a long time ago called Providence. I don't know if you remember that show. Um, yeah. Uh, she... Yeah, she was in it. Melina, Melina Karakarides. Yeah, it was based in yeah. Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah, right, yeah. right. And okay. she was in it, and I knew I, you know, I became a fan of her from there. And then um, the Exiles episode, she played uh, Ellie Brass, Ellie Brass on CSI before they got someone else to play it. And um, you know, I've just watched her for years. And of course, you know, Meg being you know one of my all-time favorite mm-hmm. characters, and so. 
For mm-hmm. me, it's like, like a dream come true getting around the podcast tonight. So it was just amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm very, I'm very happy for you. Happy for us. <laughs> you know, <we laughs> so I'm really happy for you that you got to talk to her and everything because she's. I, I was very excited and I, you know, honestly, for me, Meg was the first character for her. But that's that's an amazing introduction. <laughs> you know, because right? A, yeah, she's a. That's a. That's like. She is a, a supernatural, legendary character, you know, and 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 to, now I remembered it. I thought of a question I was going to ask her. We'll have to tweet her um, about what you think about the evolution of Meg, you know, and how with Rachel playing her, and how Meg ended up being almost a good guy, you know, and yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll just have to get her on the podcast again. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> that would be great. I re- I really loved her song too. Oh, um, I know it was so good. It was, and I, I I wasn't dancing on the table, but I was kind of like swaying back and forth, you know, with my head. I'm like, oh, this is great. Right? <laughs> so, sorry, <laughs> no dancing on the table this time. But next time. <laughs> yeah. I you know I got to listen to it um, last night. You know when I when she sent it to me so mm-hmm. we could upload it for the podcast, and I was like. Oh my God! This is awesome. I was sitting here. I was like, I just love this. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you never know, <laughs> you know. And it's really great to honestly and genuinely love it. And yeah, exactly. You know, so yeah, it's really cool. And I'm looking forward to um, the the little video she shot about the mm-hmm. the saw lady and and uh, and her next. Uh, her next songs, I guess she's got three or two more. This will total three in the works. So that would be really cool. Yeah. And, and, and I'm like, what? I'm going to start Sorry. tweeting the creation to get her to Vegas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think um, it'd be so cool to have her kind of join forces maybe with like Jason Manns, who seems kind of the center of the stage it, you know, supernatural musical right. family thing. It'd be so it'd be pretty cool, you know, to to see if they can collaborate a little bit and that would be fun. And and that was a very funny story she told about Jensen being what a really great looking crew. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, yeah. 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 And she was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she just tweeted the link, and I retweeted it for her song. Oh, oh, good. Let me do that. Here she is. I gotta retweet her too. Um, well, the other supernatural news. Um, it's kind of uh, I hate to say um old old hat by now, but Supernatural got reviewed, uh, renewed early for season eleven. My gosh. Um, oh, it's so hard to believe. I mean, you know, remember, you know, talking about, you know, to Nikki about being on the first season. So those few, those mm-hmm. first years, you know, we were like, oh, my God, I hope we get another season. Oh, my God, are we going to get a season two? Are we going to get a season three? And now we're yeah, um, 11. It's just crazy. It is crazy. I mean, she was on Supernatural 10 years ago. I mean, it's right. been 10 years and and geez how far how far everybody's come my god but but yeah going into season 11 
and you know i'm I'm happy about that i'm i i am I am okay with having more Sam and Dean and Jensen and Jared on my TV screen for another season hey, i I can do yeah, 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 I will have them on my screen as long as they will give it to me <laughs> <laughs> yes and and we'll be podcasting right along with them, I guess um, um yeah. We need to. We just need to get Jared to come on. You know, I mean, to complete our 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 set <laughs> of the big guys. That would be nice. And that would be good. And Mark Shepard, we got to get Mark. Oh yes, that's right. Definitely. He was scheduled. Definitely. You know, he was scheduled a couple years ago, but had to mm-hmm. had to postpone, and he has not completed the postponement yet. <laughs> No, no, and and you know we've got some other possibilities out there too. You know, Colin Ford and Julian Richings. You know, I mean, they're pretty cool too. Yes, um, we are. This like, like I was saying, this is the first first podcast of the new year. Uh, this Tuesday is the first new episode of uh, 2015. The holiday hiatus will be over. Um. Being still in a little bit of a pickle <laughs> due to the mark of Cain. So, um, yeah, we'll be picking up there and seeing where that goes. And we will have a podcast next week. Yes, we will. Mm-hmm. And we will be here, and hopefully, Vinny mm-hmm. will be feeling better and she will be able to join us. Yes. Um, any other supernatural? News or events? Um, Can't think of anything. Talked about renewal and the, the season oh, starts. Oh, starting um, March. Uh, there is ahead. a new episode coming back next week, and we're going to be on Tuesday still for a little while, but then starting March 18th, we're going to um, Supernatural is moving to Wednesdays. Back to Wednesday. Winchester Wednesday. I, I like yes. that. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> and and that's going to stay that way till for next season as well, yes? We're going to go back to that's what. Yep, that's what it sounds like, yep. That's okay. That is okay with me. I like that. Winchester Wednesday and back back after Arrow, I guess. So. I actually prefer Wednesdays because there's so much on on Tuesdays mm-hmm. that I watch, and there's not as much mm-hmm. on Wednesdays, so I like it moving back. I, I do too, because Tuesday Tuesday is overwhelming <laughs> with television. So yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad they're going back to Wednesday, and it's nice to have Winchester Wednesday. And um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm 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 just glad to have them back. <laughs> right, and, right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the first thing, and then back on Wednesdays, um, and then uh, that's March 18th. So they must be. I guess we're going to get a few episodes and then go on probably that little tiny spring hiatus and then come back in right. March and maybe go through the end. Maybe. I'm not sure. Sometimes we break again a little bit towards the end, but hopefully have a last run in May and 23 episodes again. Now they're shooting what? 16 or I think was it, was it Russ who tweeted about the location or scout for 16 and he was reading the script. Oh, I'm not, I don't remember. I, I don't remember. It's something like that. Yeah, it's something like that. So, my God, they're shooting 16. So, 
the season's just flying by. Right. And he was teasing, and he, yeah, he kept saying, "Oh, it's an epic episode." I was like, "Well, thanks a lot, Russ. Tell us that, but you can't tell us anything <laughs> about it." <laughs> I kind of call them epic episodes. Epic episodes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh. Oh, and um, well, going back to Nikki's song real quick, you can follow um, the Saw Lady. Um, well, you can follow Nikki on Twitter at Real Nikki Acox, R E A L N I C K I A Y C O X. And Saw Lady, who played on her great song, um, you can follow her on Twitter as well. Her name is at Saw Lady, S A W L A D Y. Uh, well, that certainly makes sense. <laughs> Saw Lady, at Saw Lady. <laughs> Very appropriate name. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that is very difficult. Um, my my day job, as I've mentioned, is is in the art world, and we had a we had a, a an artist who painted on saws, like vintage <laughs> saws. Also oh yeah, yeah, too. yeah. It's very cool. Very cool. Um, okay, let me see. We talked about Nikki. We talked about her song. We've got the link out there. Retweeted. Um, we had a great time talking to her. Thank you again, Nikki, so much. Um, is there anything else, or should we just wrap it up for tonight? I, and we'll... I think we're good. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, welcome back to Winchester Radio. And um, you can always go to our website, our Facebook, and our Twitter, Winchester Bros, in all of those places, winchesterbros.com, to not only listen to this podcast, download it through iTunes. Um, we have lots of other wonderful podcasts and interviews over the years. Uh, like I said, we're in our seventh uh, seventh year of podcasting, and we appreciate everybody listening. That would be great. Um, have a great rest of your night or day if you're in Australia. <laughs> and shall we let the shall we let the boys uh, take us out? Yeah, here? let the boys close us out. Okay. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio.